Welcome to the Viking Diaries. You join us as our hapless fool finds himself in another sticky situation. He needs assistance from the help desk, which is provided through his monthly subscription to an online adult sex toy manufacturer's platform. You, dear listener, are overhearing just one side of a telephone conversation between our hero, the customer, and the help desk of a fictitious company that just happens to make interactive adult sex toys. These toys use an app to connect to the internet and allow control from anywhere in the world. But they also provide a method for the help desk to establish and locate their customers if they hit the panic button. One of the special services they provide is a 24-hour emergency helpline, which their advertising helpfully describes as one-on-one assistance for any personal issue, trouble or concern you may be experiencing, all for a modest additional monthly premium, my dear. The Viking Diaries, Episode 4, The Zoo. Hello? Is that the Vibrations Interactive Emergency Response Line? Great. It's Horned Viking here. Sorry about this, but I seem to have done it again. What? No, not sworn trifling. Horned Viking. Do we have to go through this every time? Oh, really, enough is enough. Ooh, security questions. That's new. Okay, fire away. My password. Uh, let me think. Uh, door key? No. Major key? No. Minor key? No. Donkey? Oh, no. Okay. Uh, Richard? Shorter than Richard. Ah, dick! No? Oh, God, I don't know. Um, butt plug? Cock? Lube? Porthole? Glory hole? Cat flaps? Beef curtains? Thespian fish fingers? Oh, for Christ's sake, give me a clue. Something about my parent. Mm, missing? Drunkard, bastard, dumbass, knobhead, vile fuckwit? Oh, the other parent. Uh, bag, slapper, tramp, hard-faced cow, bitch from hell, ball breaker? What? Her name? Oh, breeder. Breeder Viking. Oh, phew. Thank God that's out of the way. Yep, that's me. Is that Dom? Oh, sorry. Kevin, of course. Uh, oh, so you do remember me. Uh, sorry about the last time, but thanks for getting me the help you did. That was a sticky situation and could have ended much worse than it did. Yeah, I still have the marks from that cock ring on my ding-a-ling. The wedding. Uh, bad news there, old boy. Suki was so angry when she found out about Lisa the bartender and her conker fiddling that she called the wedding off. She told me in no uncertain terms that I was a waste of space. She said she wouldn't even piss in my ear if my brains were on fire. So now she's hooked up with that arsehole Horatio and looks like he has found his very own hornblower. Yeah, bang went any ideas I had of living off her inheritance. And after the Midsummer Night's Dream debacle, the acting work seems to have taken a bit of a nosedive. So I'm doing a few odd jobs here and there. The book sales? Well, they're just about keeping me afloat in the same way that a bag of bricks floats in a blue whale's blowhole. 
My agent wants me to write more of them, but I'm receiving some weird mixed reviews. Some folks saying they're not even kids' books. No, Dom, it's not earning quite enough to live on, so I'm doing some temporary work. For instance, right now, I'm working at a local wildlife breeding centre. What's so funny? No, not as a donor, you blithering idiot. As a helper. You see, they have a pack of wild dogs. Well, they're more like wolves, really. The alpha male is a big old brute called Inna. When I read the advert, I completely misunderstood what this job was all about. What I saw was a picture of the director of animal welfare, Heidi Verst. <sighs> Think Lara Croft, but with blonde braids that you could use as reins in a low-cut top and her very short, tight shorts. Topped off with a ranger's hat, the advert said, Come work for me and release my inner hound. And I thought, yeah, baby, I could fill your role. So here I am. They also have a petting zoo which attracts visitors and is a method for them to gain some funding. Recently, they adopted Ashley's donkey. It seems it was spending far too much time feasting on sausages and was starting to get a bit of a reputation in the town. So, they have trained her not to sachet quite so much while being ridden, and she remains one of the more popular attractions in the petting zoo. Lots of people like to pat and stroke Ashley's donkey, who has now been renamed to Wigglia. Yes, Wigglia. Wigglierath. Oh, Heidi. Yeah, she's well-renowned. She's known for providing mental stimulation for the animals by playing games that causes them to use their natural senses and abilities. What she does is hide food in the main enclosure and get the animals to use their senses to locate it. Sometimes the food can be in plain sight, but the animal needs to work out how to get at it. So, for example, the animal's got to work out how to open a box or get the food down from a rope that's been suspended in the ceiling. Heidi says that the animals love the challenge of this hunt and reward, and it's a type of behavioural conditioning. Let's just say that in her outfit, she can train my trouser pet any time she likes. Oops, did I just say that out loud? So, the zoo is a centre of excellence for breeding. Uh, they are concentrating on isolating specific genes in their breeding stock to provide diversity and infection resistance. I've been helping with a couple of things, monitoring the condition and health and temperature of the animals. One of my favourites is a pretty red fox. She is such a sweetie. If you go into her pen, she runs up and affectionately rubs herself up against you with a lovely vibrating purr. She's even knocked me on my back and sat on top of me before now, which, granted, is slightly odd behaviour for a fox, but she is pretty unique. The zoo is importing a male from Germany to breed with her. This male is bigger than average and carries genes from what is believed to be an extinct prehistoric variety called a heart. But on the import paperwork, the zoo have screwed up and mistyped it along with the German for fox. So now they are advertising hard fucks at the zoo, a phrase that overly excited a group of 14-year-old schoolboys. And the tabloid press, of course. They found it hysterical. Well, after all, they are basically from the same gene pool. The heart is supposed to arrive tomorrow, all being well with the transportation. We're just hoping that he doesn't get lost in somewhere stupid like Birmingham. My problem? Oh gosh, yeah, I almost forgot that bit. Uh, well, you see, I seem to have got myself a bit stuck. Yes, stuck. In a crate. And I need someone to help get me out of here. Well, 
while I was inside the crate tightening the nuts, the damn door slammed shut and I can't reach the mechanism to open it. And I really don't want to have to call any of the staff here as I will look really stupid and I need to keep this job and its income. Yes, stuck inside the crate. It's a crush crate. They use it when the vet has to check some of the livelier, more bitey and clawy types of animals. Yeah, the crate's brand new. It only arrived yesterday and I was asked to put it together. They'd seen on my job application that I'd said I'm good with my hands. And when they asked me if I knew about tools, I said, of course, I'm a man after all. I think we may have been talking at cross purposes. Anyway, they handed me a toolbox with some spanners, screwdrivers, allen keys and the like and told me to get on with it. I have no idea what I'm doing, but the instructions look simple enough, so I said yes. They told me to build the crate out of visiting hours, so I had to wait until everyone had gone home. So now there's no one on site apart from me and a deaf, partially sighted security guard who just sits in his office watching porn all night on the security monitors, grunting and polishing his pet gopher. Maybe that's why his eye socks got so bad. Anyway, as the crate is really heavy, I was advised to put it together in the wild dog enclosure and told to report to the risk and policy manager for some special instructions as I could be in a potentially dangerous live environment. I asked why the crush crate was suddenly so urgent and I was told that it had been mandated by the insurance company after a recent incident. So off I toddled to see the risk and policy manager, Miss Jane. Imagine my surprise when the door was opened by my childhood sweetheart baby. My God, I hadn't seen her for years and she looked great, just the same as she did back then. I think she was a little bit surprised to see me too and possibly embarrassed. You see, our relationship had ended in a bad way back then. Baby told me that she still lives with her daddy. He had never been keen on me. He blew his top like a malfunctioning volcano on a roller coaster, all steam and lava when he caught me with baby sky blue lace panties hanging out of my pocket one day. Oh, well, you see, we had been playing ride em cowboy using one of daddy's rare geology finds, which was a rock that just happened to be the right shape and size to slip into her uh, delicate derriere. All was going great and I was whooping and she was braying in delight as I rode her bareback waving my 10 gallon hat in the air shouting giddy up baby when all of a sudden we heard daddy come home unexpectedly. Oh shit. Well we rushed to get our clothes on as quickly as we could and I just stuffed her underwear in my pocket. Daddy went nuts when he saw that and chased me out of the house throwing all manner of large and precious rocks at me. He forbade us for ever seeing each other again. And I haven't seen Baby from then until now. But I haven't forgotten that crazy summer we spent together. It was magical. Do you know? She has a great way of looking at things sometimes. Maybe that's why she's so good at mitigating and managing risk. She never puts the blame directly on people. Just comes up with brilliant workarounds. The best example I can give you is when Baby caught a bad case of flu from me. She was so sweet and simply said, You couldn't have infected me, Viking, because you fucked me from behind doggy style. She then went on to suggest a radical treatment plan, which was to use her orgasms to flush out all the toxins with the wet juice, Viking. My God, why doesn't my doctor suggest this kind of treatment? 
So she told me that the crate had been brought in because of an incident that happened the previous week, which the zoo were desperately trying to keep out of the press. The Professor of Veterinary Surgery, a Professor John Thomas, who by all accounts sounds like a very shouty and unpleasant man and is so far up his own arse you could see his toupee every time he opened his fat officious mouth if he bothered to wear one, he is so opinionated that he refuses to follow any of the safety rules that Bibby had put in place, such as do not go into the enclosure without backup. So what does he do? Well, he just flounced in, walked straight up to this big old volatile alpha male, I reckon the dog must have thought he was about to be vaccinated again, and what does the dozy prof do? No Dom, he does no more than grab the poor animal by the balls and start squeezing them hard. No one is sure if he did this out of frustration, or at the lack of success in the breeding program, or just because he's a total knobhead. The guy is such an ass. When things go wrong, he will vent his anger at anything or anyone, even the poor animals are supposed to be under his care. Well, the Alpha doesn't like this much, and is seriously pissed. So he rears up, and BAM! Swipes the prof, knocking him clean out. The Alpha then picks the prof up like a rag doll, throws him over the limb of a tree that happens to be in the enclosure, and what happens next is almost beyond belief. The Alpha casually pads round to the back of the prof and uses his sharp claws to rip his clothing from him, leaving his trousers in tatters and claw marks scratched into his skin. The Alpha is certainly aroused at this point. Wild and carnal, he puts his front paws on Prof Tom's back and, there's no delicate way of putting this, fucks him for all he's worth. The Prof eventually comes round but can't get away. The Alpha Dog has him pinned down and won't let go, his claws in the Prof's side, his teeth gripping the Prof's neck, while the Alpha had free rein on him and just kept on going, banging him like a jackhammer in a jelly factory. The prof screamed and screamed, but no one came. The alpha just kept on going, drooling all over him, until eventually the dog howled, came, and dismounted. The prof has been in hospital ever since, we believe, having his wrecked rectum repaired and rethinking his career, and so he should the senseless uncaring git. Now, I'm no professional, but I think that Alpha's bitch detector is not quite as focused as his gaydar, which may go some way to explain the poor results in his breeding numbers. This solo polyamorous rainbow-coloured Alpha male has a tendency to find himself aiming one floor too high at the back end of the department store, if you get my drift. So, the Alpha is being released back into the wild in the coming weeks, where he can sow his glittery oats in any way that pleases him. With the other dog's consent, of course. The very lovely Heidi has asked me to help with his release, which he is planning at the moment. She wants me to lay a trail of tasty treats along a track to move him to a safe place miles away from humans. Basically, Heidi Verst has asked me to play a massive game of hide my sausage in her bush. Well, that was something she didn't have to ask me twice to do. But until then, it's all new policies and procedures, and that's why I've been asked to put this bloody crate together. You see, Dom, my immediate worry is that the cage has closed on me, and that big old dog is back prowling. Now, he's a pretty clever chap, and it's not going to be long before he works out what the cage does and how to operate it. 
Really, all he needs to do is lean up against the side wall of the crate and the crush will start to move in on me on a ratchet, leaving me trapped on all fours, my head at one end and my ass at the other end of the crate. I really don't think he's forgiven me for taking his temperature the other day. Well, how was I supposed to know that what I had in my hand was not a rectal thermometer, it was in fact an inseminator for the elephants? Thy alley growled a bit that day. He's already eyeing me up, and while I'm not averse to some light pegging in the right environment and with the right partner, I really don't fancy being his second human bitch of the week while being trapped in this bloody cage. No, I don't have Heidi's number. How I wish I did. But would I really want her to see my ass being humped like some glowing offering to a god? <laughs> god. <laughs> that just happens to be dog spelt backwards, of course. So, please, can you get some help here quickly? Oh, I really don't want to be here much longer. Thanks, Dom. And um, just make sure that when you guys come in, that they avoid that damn security guard. He is a waste of space, too. You have been listening to an original recording of an episode of The Viking Diaries, written and narrated by the author... All characters are fictitious, and any resemblance to people living or dead is purely coincidental. All rights reserved 2023. No part of this audio recording may be reproduced or distributed in any form without a written prior permission from the author, with the exception of non-commercial uses permitted by copyright law.